How you going? My name's Jake. This is a Black Ink Podcast, and this is episode number 26. Now, if you're a long-time listener and you're checking in for your daily installment of Black Ink, welcome back. Thank you for your support. And if you're a first-time listener, then I don't even like know what to tell you, what, like what to expect. I feel like my podcasts take all these crazy turns, and like half the time when I sit down with some sort of like idea of what I want to talk about, I get like two minutes in and just fucking zoom off into space on a tangent, of talking about something completely random, and also off the top of my head. So it's just like, I, because I don't really have anything backed up, I just keep on going from thing to thing to thing to thing. So if you are a, a long time listener and you have noticed that, I'm sorry that I do that, but I just feel so fucking good when I get on these rolls. And um, if you're not a long time listener and, and you're wondering what to expect, that's what to expect. It's just kind of like, a, I would almost call it like a kick-ons chat, you know? Which I tried to, like, I was thinking about naming this podcast the Kick-Ons Podcast, and I, I didn't even realize there's a podcast in Perth called the Kick-Ons Podcast. So obviously those guys are heaps cooler than me. I'm not going to touch the name. It's all theirs. But uh, I, I'm, I'm still up in arms as to whether I want to call this an internet show or a podcast, only because, and this, like, this applies to everything, you know, you have to, whenever you're marketing anything or when you're, like, trying, when you're taking something to the public, I guess, you have to be considerate of, like obviously how it's going to be received and how it's going to like be interpreted by people. So even coming up with a business name or a slogan or your logo or any of this is like super important because obviously when you make anything, whether it's a good or a service, you have an audience or a customer base that you're speaking to with your products. So how you're perceived is a big deal. And I think calling myself a podcast, it almost gives it like too much of a um, like... I wouldn't even say there's much expectations put around podcasts because people who listen to podcasts appreciate like from the get, what are you doing? Hey, leave it. People who who like watch and listen to podcasts all the time, they're like, oh, yep, cool. I'm on board straight away. But I still feel like the transitional period between people who haven't listened to podcasts and people who would if they knew about them and understood how the process works. I feel like saying that I have a podcast is kind of like, I don't know. It almost holds me back a little bit because it's still like putting it in the question of like, not understandable content, but I feel like if I call it an internet show, which it is, a show that lives on the internet on multiple streaming platforms, then it kind of like is almost relatable to a TV show, except you access it through the internet. And also, who knows? This shit might end up on Netflix as far as I know. I'm not putting any fucking ceiling on what I can achieve, dude. Are you serious? I'm going to the moon, baby. I'm going to fucking pass Elon. That's my plan. Hey, where was that? Up here? Up here? Oh too good but yeah i uh and also like i just kind of want to give it give it its own i would like a a cool name that has a cool acronym and that just for the sake of like having an attractive instagram handle not just bx podcast and you're probably thinking like oh it's you know some of this is a bit like okay that's really important like actually it is like i'll tell you one interesting thing that i learned and i spoke about this on yesterday's podcast a little bit also i say that way too much i apologize i spoke about this yesterday but I like to imagine that my Instagram and my YouTube and my Facebook, that's my shop front, you know? And like, obviously all the people that follow me and all the people that find me on their search page there, that's like my foot traffic of people walking past. And like those first nine slides that you get when someone goes into your profile, that's the shit that you've got in the window. And then everything under that and like your tag posts and like all your reels and all that, they can, you know, all the different little things, that's all the shit that's deep in the shop that once they walk in, they start seeing more and more. And the real interesting part about that is, you know, before anything, obviously, like as someone interacts with you, they have two pieces of information. Typically, it's your handle and your your little like icon. 
So <clears throat> getting like a super effective, um, something that like, uh, what's the word, transmits exactly what they do in that one word. So it's like the word is very descriptive. Like, And there's a thing like black ink isn't descriptive of what I do, but black ink is so unique and how it looks with the X that once you kind of understand what it is, it's really easy for the brain to realize what that is. And by having a real clean, simple logo, that's like, I never changed it. And it's always, it's kind of like super distinguishable because I haven't changed it. So I find that like, when I look at my uh, podcast channel uh, for Instagram and on YouTube, it's like trying to understand like what sort of name and what sort of like perception do I want of this before someone even goes on to and starts watching it? How do I want to like communicate with them what's actually going on? And I feel like calling it a podcast is, I mean, it's interesting if you've listened to all of these, I mean, I perceive a podcast only because I'm a massive like Joe Rogan, Fighter and the Kid, um, you know, like Theo, Theo Vaughn, uh, Bobby Lee, you know, fill in the blanks, Chris D'Elia. I love all of these guys. So well, I guess Chris D'Elia and Bill Burr, they do solo podcasts for an hour each. But everyone else, a podcast is like a recorded conversation. And essentially, I feel like the essence of a podcast is a conversation, but it's just kind of like the... Oh, oh, I don't know how to, without putting myself in a category, but some people just decide to do podcasts by themselves. Um, and noting on that, I feel like when I've done interviews on camera with even like, obviously just my friends, I don't have access to like, you know, huge names or whatever. But when I've done interviews with friends, the thing that I've noticed about myself is I like, I feel like I have so much going on in my head. The only thing I want to do is like create analogies and cross references and examples of what they're talking about and then expand on that and why I think that's important. And I know that's obviously just like saying like, yeah, dude, you're selfish and pretentious and you want to hear your voice more than theirs. More so, like that might be right, but I just feel like just talking like this and having this open space and open air to just fucking say whatever I want to say and, and get it out until I don't have any left uh, breath left in my fucking lungs or I run out of the 45-minute times and quite typically run over it. I just find that it's such like a, it's such a nice... Um, it's like just a nice expression, you know? And I feel like that's what, and, and, and obviously like it comes down to just producing like pure, organic, genuine content. And I feel like it, for the position that I'm in, to make something that's valuable for the listener, it's really kind of, um, what would you call it? It's just like, I feel like if you're an audience member right now, you really don't care about like the people that I went to school with or like customers that I've got, which are people that I would put on the podcast. And I'm not saying that they're un unimportant or not interesting. I don't have great stories. It's a really hard sell. I feel like the thing that would make it to a certain point, the thing that would make it interesting to watch is building enough of a character around me and then getting to a place where I could use that character that I have built. So we have relatability, you and me. So then you watch me go and interview people and it gives you kind of that that like, oh, okay, how's Jake going to go about finding out about this person in this particular way? So, I don't know. There's a lot of bloody, there's a lot of bloody uh, nuances that I try and figure out with like, oh, and obviously like it comes down to like making a valuable podcast is a, obviously it's valuable. Hang on, let me start from scratch. The whole social media thing in general when you're trying to figure out like who you're actually, who your audience is, I feel like there's two questions there. It's who your audience is and who you want your audience to be as well. Because I can make a really popular Instagram page of just like all chicks in bikinis, you know? And then like if I just keep posting pictures of chicks in bikinis, people who like that sort of thing will follow. 
and it will go off. But the thing is, if you don't want to be posting pictures of chicks in bikinis twice a day, every day, then it's like, it's kind of shitty. And like, that's kind of a decision that I had to make with Black Ink is like, when I, and I talk about this story a lot, when I hit a thousand followers and I was like, right, do I uh, try and cater to these thousand? Now I've hit this thousand follower mark. I kind of put this, I put it up on a pedal stool and I was like, right, now I've got to like, I've got to adjust myself to having a thousand followers. I have to post like someone who has a thousand consistent kind of, you know, super valuable followers. And then I thought like, that's when it occurred to me, like I have to stay true to what I want to post now more than ever. So that even if I lose followers, at least the followers that I have respond to the shit that I'm posting and I find it easy to post about it, you know, because this is the thing, posting is a tedious duty. Having to post every day and come up with a caption and, and like engage with people, it's tedious. It's not that it's difficult, it's just, it's a repetitive thing. It's a problem that's kind of semi-hard to solve. And if you don't do it right, it completely comes out in your sales. And if you do do it right, it does, you know, it like it has like obvious um, like kind of payoffs if you do it right. So I find that when it comes to, uh, and I went up on a tangent now, I've fucking gone too far. Unreal. Posting valuable. <laughs> Unreal. I've lost it. That's all right, I'll drink some water. Mm. I couldn't believe it yesterday when, uh, so we actually drove past the, um, by the way, I just fucking completely forgot what I was talking about, so you're gonna have to stick with me here. I'm only 10 minutes in, how scary is that? Um, but yeah, when we went to this place yesterday where they, they had like, they were throwing stuff, not throwing stuff out, they left furniture out on the verge of the flower place here in Bunbury. Um, there was one lady who like pulled up and I, again, like I, I don't want like, I'm not picking on this person. It's just like, this is what happened and this is my response to how it happened. And it's not even that fucking interesting. I just, it's just to me, it's like, I don't understand how people live. And like this bitch is like, she's like, you know, probably elderly. I don't know. She, she was fucking way older than me, I guess. And she pulled up and just like, I pay attention to all these things because I'm a truck driver, so I'm, I'm really adapt to watching how cars move versus how they indicate how they're going to move. So a lot of times you'll see, like you can kind of see incidents before they're going to happen and you can like interpret a car's going to move into your lane even if they don't have the indicator on it or even if the head isn't checking. You, I'm really adapt to all these things. So I saw this car pull into the, into the car park with no indicator, which is all good because, you know, it's Sunday and it's middle of the day. So who else is on the road? You know what I mean? All good. Who needs a fucking indicator? But I'm just thinking, right, she's probably so like I give drivers the benefit of the doubt thinking like, you know what? You probably look behind you and saw that there's no cars there. And, and obviously you don't need to indicate, you know, because you, who are you going to be indicating to if there's no one behind you? You're going to be indicating to the fucking traffic gods, you know? So she's pulled in. There was cars behind her, by the way. I checked. So she's pulled in. And then she's kind of like pulled up adjacent, not parallel, like it's here. She's pulled in here and she's like looking out the window and just like one of those fucking mouth breathing sort of looks where she's got the glasses on and she's just looking at all this shit out the window, which, hey, this, this is like everyone over 50. Is there like a certain sect of people that once they reach a certain age, they have to be making a face when they're, when they're thinking about things like, why do you see that all the time of like people make like old, I'm not being mean towards old, old people, but why, like, like self-awareness, you know, like shut your mouth, breathe through your nose, like just have normal eyes and just think, you know what I mean? Because like thinking should be the only thing that you don't have to like tense any muscles to do. You should just be able to fucking tense the brain and think, you know? 
So she's doing the fucking mouth breath out the window, window like gauging whether and she's in a Ford Focus you know what I mean and like the smallest thing there is a fucking chair that you wouldn't be able to fit in the back of her boot anyway so she pulls up and I and we're like long story but I wanted this big bench and I wanted it so bad that I had to make sure no one else was going to get it and I couldn't get it straight away so we're moving it around the back towards the skip bin and we're putting other shit on it so even if people drive past they think oh it's, it's being thrown out or whatever I actually ended up getting that table because you know because when you want something you can make it happen anyway so we're moving that out the back and she's gone from like pulled up adjacent to like just turned and pulled in and then she's like struggled to get out of the car for and when i say struggled like she didn't need our help you know what i mean she was fine what i'm saying is like you know after a fucking long time of not doing any exercise she's now paying the consequence of doing that you know it's just like also, I can fucking talk about that forever. Just let me finish this story. So she's like getting out of the car and like fucking around. And then she like kind of, I think at, before she's even closed the door, she's like, is it going out? And, I'm, and I said like, in my mind, here's what I thought. Oh, she asked me if all of that stuff is being thrown out. And if that's what we're doing at the, like maybe she thinks because we're moving a table out the back that we maybe work here or we know what's going on. So she's asking us and like, the terminology that she's gone for is that going out, right? And like kind of pointing in some general direction of where the shit is like in between us. And I'm like, I processed all that in, in, in a moment, but also, you know, like it's not my job and it's not my job, not because I work there. It's not my job because like, do you not have some sort of responsibility as a human that if you're going to communicate, especially with a total fucking stranger, that you at least try and pronounce words in a sentence that's legible and makes sense. And it's like congruent to the question that you're asking, right? Doesn't that make sense to you? Then go on out. That doesn't do anything for me. You know what I mean? And it's not that I want to put her on her spot. I just want to like confirm that that's what she's asking. So I was like, sorry. And she goes, like repeats herself. Oh, okay. You know, fuck me. Just say this shit again and then I'll get it. You know, say it a bit quicker and, and fucking quieter if you can, because I'm the dickhead in this situation. So... She says it again and I just kind of babble and say like, if you're asking if they're giving it away for free, yes, they're giving it away for free. She wanders over there with the window still down, like the car's not running, but you fucking know the accessories are still turned on. I don't even know how I know that. I'm just saying, you know that's how she leaves her keys. She wanders over there, like literally not even a minute, gets back in her car and drives away. And I understand, like, look, I'm just being a fucking asshole right now. I totally get it that... She was like, saw a free stuff sign. She's pulled up, done a bit of investigating and then jumped in her car and moved on, you know? From my point of view, there was just so little effort put into that. And I'm a firm believer in how you do anything is how you do everything. Like I'm so sure that like, she probably brushes her teeth like once a week. You know what I mean? She probably just like has built this character around herself saying like, oh, I'm the sort of person that just life is too hard, you know, like can't even communicate with another human, you know, with a sentence that maybe had like seven words in it tops to ask it properly, just broke it down to three kind of half words. I know I'm being hell aggressive right now, but this is just where I go to, you know what I mean? And like, if you watch this podcast, if you listen to me all the time, you understand I'm trying for excellence. I really am, you know, even if I'm a little bit fucking wavy on my path, my goal is excellence. My goal is brilliance. And when I interpret these other humans, I understand they might have had some sort of, you know, yes, you can play devil's advocate and defend them and say they've had a hard upbringing and rah, 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 rah. Okay, that's fucking awesome. But just speak properly, you know? 
Of course you didn't indicate on the way in. Of course you're not going to fucking give me a legible fucking sentence that I can just politely and properly answer to. Like, of course you're going to ask me something that pushes me into a corner of having to be a fuckhead to get out of it. You know what I mean? But, look, I'm just being mean for no reason. Obviously that whole story was made up, just metaphorical, because I don't want any heat coming back off it. Just thank you for the flower, for thank you to the flower place for the new benches that I have uh, in my shed down in my work area here with this new expansion that Black Ink is currently going through. It's definitely going to be, oh, I've never said that out loud. That's pretty fun. With this, with the kind of like expanding phase that I'm going through at the moment, they're going to be super helpful. So I'm, I'm super grateful. And like, weirdly enough, going back to this whole prayer thing, I've been seeing them in my mind for a little while now, this big long bench top and the wooden bit underneath and all the rest and literally like exactly the one that I got. So I can't believe that. And like I spoke about the rack the other day that Larissa's mum gave to me, just like a rack that in my mind I've been picturing like, oh, I'm going to eventually need one of these racks. I can see all my jerseys sitting on them. And long story short, right behind the camera over here, there is a rack with my jersey sitting on it because Larissa's mum just called me up one day and said, oh, I've got this rack. Did you want it? Bada bing. Got it. So now going back to what I said I could record a whole podcast about, if this hurts your feelings, if any of this hurts your feelings, it's all good. I don't mind. The thing about like mobility and like I see this over and over and over and to be very fucking honest, I learned by watching the people closest to me go through these exact steps in this order, right? Mobility in your old age. And also I just want to say like how much uh, I mentioned in, I think it was like five podcasts ago, I said how important like the Joe Rogan podcast was to me and like developing an idea of like what kind of like masculinity is and and the type of men that there are in the world and like how I can aspire to be something different other than like for the easy example rather than just being another version of my dad which is what a lot of us do especially as young men we look at our dads as if they're our heroes and my dad is my hero my dad is 100% my hero but at the same time I like to keep my mind diverse as far as like understanding that there are there are many types of men in this world and we have the choice to be any sort of man that we want obviously i'm speaking as a as someone who identifies and is biologically a male these are my thoughts <clears throat> there are many different types of men you can be and your version of brilliance is obviously like a collection of what these men are put together that you're exercising trying to embody and like live out you know so the the thing that I was given like one, sorry, one of the things I was given from watching Joe Rogan and obviously like in his crazy kind of, di- uh, I've used diverse twice in under a minute, all good. In his crazy, like, uh, what would you call it? Vocabulary of, of like, nah, that's not the right word. Anyway, I'm getting too caught up. Everything that he does, you know what I mean? So like, obviously he's a, a cage fighting commentator. He's a podcaster, he's a comedian. Um, and just like interviews, were like some of the most interesting people across all these different industries and all these different like fields of knowledge. And the cool thing about him is like he's super healthy and he's super dialed into like staying current and understanding technology. He's super uh, like on brand as far as like keeping keeping in his own lane and understanding who he is and understanding, understanding how he markets himself and all the rest. And I think what kind of uh, made me realize about Joe Rogan uh, versus say like my dad is like Joe Rogan do the, can do the splits and it's not that my dad is hugely uh, he's not super flexible but it just occurred to me like they're a similar age and one man can do one thing and one man can't do it as well and the thing that I learned from this and like I, I noticed this very early on 
is like it's literally just reputation and uh, repetition and testing so the more times you can repeat something the more likely you're going to be able to do it for a long amount of time so if anyone knows me personally you know that i never stop stretching like literally i'll stop what i'm doing to go stretching i might stretch on average once every two or three hours even if it's just for like two or three minutes I'll stretch all of my hips and my legs, my calves, and like as much of my ribs and shoulders and neck and that that I can, just to make sure that I can still stretch, you know? And I feel like, obviously, I'm almost at a point now, it's almost like a, I would almost call it therapeutic when, when, I, when I do my stretching, because I kind of rely on it to like have that moment, just to like feel my body and to feel like, just to like know that my body has that uh, kind of instant availability of like muscle activation to know that, okay, if I go to use this all of a sudden, I know I'm not going to fucking, oh, you know, hurt my hip or have something. Because the weird thing is at 28, I feel like I'm fucking, I feel like I'm, I don't want to say anything greater than my age, but I want to say like 35. I feel like I just went so fucking hard in my early 20s and like late teenage years in skating and just in life that, now I kind of, you know, like years of riding a fixie and like skating and doing all these things, I feel like I just have knees that are ready to explode at any point. My hips are always like, have the potential to be tight. Um, I seem to have like tight ribs all the time as well. So doing these things all the time, I just like to know that I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night with a cramp or I'm not going to, as I say before, like go to twist something and have a fucking weird pop. I kind of want to know that every, just knowing that you have that range of mobility. And like an easy example is like being able to turn your head so far that your chin goes over your shoulder. And the reason this is good is because it's easy to test. You can test it every day. And it's like literally just a look over. Yep, cool, I know. And if you do that every day, then I don't feel like you're gonna wake up one day at 50 and go like, oh, I don't have head movement anymore, you know? And like go to tilt your head over and realize like, oh, there's no fucking, you get to there and you're like, oh no, I'm stuck. You know, you can't keep going. It's like, if I do it every day, I know that I'm going to have that mobility. So by like not, and, and this is a crazy thing, like through just doing it every day, you get more flexible and it becomes easy and it becomes something that you look forward to. And it's literally just as simple as like not doing it every day. And like, there's some things that I don't do every day, but I still make sure that I'm doing regularly. It's like every time I'm on my push bike, if I'm by myself, give at least one good hard effort. And man, unless you're an athlete as a teenager, I'm sorry to say you don't know what hard effort is. Most people don't know what hard effort is. Even Joe Rogan was talking about on his podcast today. Most people don't even know what feeling good is. Because as I was mentioning yesterday on my podcast, the on your bingo card, I've said it five times now. Um, as I mentioned yesterday on my podcast, we are we are constantly fuck. What the fuck was I gonna say? Um, um, um. All right, all right, all right, all right. This is fucking stupid. A lot just happened. Okay, let me fill you in. And I hate fucking cutting these podcasts up. I just like it being one full run, forty five minutes that makes sense. But here's what happened. I totally fucking lost my train of thought. I, I don't even know. Look, and what happened was I went on a tangent, okay? If I talk too much right now, I'll fucking forget what the point was. I'll forget what the point was and it will be all for nothing anyway. So basically what I was saying is, is most people don't know. Oh, and then what happened was, this is hilarious. I, I, when I lost my train of thought, I could hear this creaking in the house and I went on this whole bit about how this house has so much character and during the summer and during the winter, you know, the heat and all that, it makes heaps of noises and it creaks and moans and all the rest. I, I left on the new toasting machine and that was just going pop, pop, pop. It's been on for like half an hour now. So fucking I'm an idiot. You know, here we are. 
What I was saying is, unless you've been an athlete, dude, you don't know what fucking a big effort is. And that's all good. But as Joe Rogan said, most people don't even know what feeling good is. You know, we have so much shit that gets in the way with our life that we, we, we find like salvation in these little creature comforts that is just the normalcy of living. And because we're like always getting ourselves a chocolate bar to make ourselves feel better, or we're getting a coffee on the way to work to kind of make the pain of going to work not as bad, or you know, all the, or you know, we're we're losing a little bit of sleep because we're staying up and watching an extra episode of The Office, or fill in the gap, all the all these comforts that we rely on to get through life and to feel okay about the fact that we're fucking giving away eighty percent of our life force just to make a living is the things that making us feel like shit and inflaming our muscles and making us feel terrible because we're having too much sugar, not drinking enough water, not sleeping enough, blah, blah, blah. It's just, um, you know, that sort of, uh, that has nothing to do with what I was talking about. That's just what Joe Rogan was saying. And it's really true and it correlates because I feel like unless you've been an athlete who's given a really big effort over and over and over and over, you start to understand that like, what you think your body is capable of doing and what your body is capable of doing are two totally different things. And like most people, if you've moseyed through life without doing much sport at all, like you don't realize you can actually run hell hard, hell consistently for a while, but there's a heap of like mental barriers that you've got to push through to get it. Your body is capable of doing it, but there's a heap of things in your head that'll make you say no, 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 no. As soon as you start to get puffed, as soon as your lungs start to hurt, as soon as you fucking... All these things, you feel a bit of lactic acid or as soon as your feet feel heavy, you can keep running. The difference between you and a badass is like someone who doesn't listen to that. That's basically it. You know, you can actually go to the gym and sure, like, you know, you're going to have fucking, if you've never been to the gym, it's probably not a great idea to go in there and just like work out like fucking crazy. The point of the story is that's what you can do. And the greater point to what I'm talking about is it's important that you test yourself regularly. It's important to make sure that you still can do a Sudoku as well. It's important to make sure that you can still have a conversation. It's important to still make sure you still like understand and are comfortable being social and what that means. And like your job as a human to like do that and make sure you're getting enough of that in your life. And this is all as important as making sure that you stretch every day, making sure that you drink water every day. Because the thing that scares me the most is waking up at fucking 50 years old and realizing that my body's fucked because I forgot to do so many little things along the way. And please understand, I'm not saying that about my dad. That's not at all what I'm saying. What I'm saying is the comparison between my dad and Joe Rogan made me realize that if Joe Rogan's all the way over here and here's my dad, then there's all the way over here that's also super easy to fall in the trap of. You know what I mean? It's super easy to accidentally go like, oh fuck, you know, like, yeah, every now and then I drink some water. It's like, no, fuck no, man. I've drunk two liters of water every day in my life. There's no reason why I shouldn't, you know, as a, as a standard, it's, it's really good to have like that kind of level of discipline with yourself where you go, well, I know that, you know, if I'm feeling unwell, say, let's use this as, a, as an example. If I'm feeling unwell, I know that already today I've drunk two liters of water. I've eaten this, this, and this, which is within my usual thing of things that I eat. I've stretched. I've, I've, uh, <clears throat> I've, you know, I've taken time to pray. I've read a book. I've done all these things. So if I'd follow these real basic guidelines of like not too much sugar, the right amount of water, making sure my body moves and keeping my mind active and there is, I'm feeling anything outside of the realm of like normalcy of what I consider to be normal, then yes, that's a cause for concern. It's like having a baseline of what you understand, like normal feeling is for you as a human is a really important thing to not only like understand, but maintain. And that's, 
that's my whole point here. Like that lady getting out of that car kind of says to me, like, you have spent a life of letting things slip by, slip by, slip by. Yes, and I know, I don't know this lady. You can defend her until the cows come home saying she has a, whatever you want. I'm just saying that someone who has the capacity to get a license and drive the car somewhere and realize something's for free and pull in probably has the capacity to pronounce a, a sentence properly, you know? Or maybe I'm just a fucking super piece of shit that doesn't know the full story. You know, I've got to play devil's advocate because this is the internet and I'm going to get butt fucked if I, if I leave myself open. Probably get in trouble for saying butt fucked. You know what I mean? That's the internet. How good is it? Fuck, dude. But. Fuck them, you know what I mean? Absolutely fuck them. I, uh, yeah. I find a lot of um, kind of peace in knowing what my body can do as well. It's an interesting. I, I, I don't think it's like an impressive thing to be able to like touch your toes or something, but it's definitely just like, it's, it's, it's humbling it's especially humbling to forget it for a couple of days and you do it and you're like, oh, oh, I feel tight. Like I don't feel limber. And then I imagine like, oh, what would that be if I didn't do it for a year? And it's pretty like, I know it's, it's super silly to think like, oh, it's just touching your toes, like keeping your legs straight and touching your toes. But if you don't actively think to do it, like maybe you're someone who doesn't touch your toes or can't touch your toes. And what's the reason you can't touch them? Because you haven't been trying to touch them lately, I'm going to guess. Because you haven't had an attempt to touch them over and over and over and over. Because there's definitely been periods in my life where it's like touching my toes was not only not an option, it was so far out of the picture. And like at the moment, I think I can put like that part of my hand on the ground flat, you know, touching, like leaning down, touching my toes and I can like hug my quads and stuff like that. I would love to one day be able to do the splits, but that only comes from like doing it over and over and over again. It's like having that knowledge that that's possible. And yeah, I just, I, I feel like I don't, and I don't want to get too generalized with it as well, but I definitely feel like there's some sort of like generational knowledge where I can understand how my parents' generation, they were actually like the real children of marketing, right? And I say that only because I feel like my generation and people younger than me are the adolescents of marketing in that they understand it. They're a little bit more hip to it. They know they're being sold something in the process. Whereas like my parents had no fucking idea that by just seeing something on TV, it kind of made them automatically want it. You know what I mean? Like if, and that's why like the kind of era of the Super Bowl commercial thing is like, it's kind of fucked now because it's like, yeah, sure, it's a big deal. But also like what it was 15 years ago compared to now when we see like 1500 ads a week on YouTube and in between podcasts and on Facebook and on Instagram and you fill in the blank and obviously everything out there in real life. It's like, well, a Super Bowl ad once a year isn't as effective, you know, whereas say like even going back to my childhood, putting in a a, a toy ad on during Cheese TV on Saturday, motherfucker, most of the time I didn't want the shit, but like you would recognize it from seeing it on TV in the shop and you would be more drawn to it. Now, whether or not you want, you ask your parent to buy it doesn't matter. The fact is, you were drawn to it in the first place and you're more likely to buy it in general. So I feel like like my parents were a little bit more kind of naive to the fact and why do they, they might've gone like, oh, you put something on TV and it sells and all the rest. They didn't really understand. I feel like they don't understand that they were, they were the kind of the victim in that. They were the product, you know, they were like the, the list of people that could be built off that sort of advertising. And I think that speaks true because it's like when you look at that generation responding to news, 
they're so much so much more ready and willing to accept it as gospel they're like fuck yeah well that's what's happening and that's like going back to podcasts speaking about that woman who like you know it's your social responsibility to get vaccinated it's like but you're basing your information off what you see on the news right and you know that the news isn't accurate right like you you know that what they put on in the news is that's just like a glamorized version of what's going on. And when I say glamorized, I mean, it's prettied up in the most attractive way as far as what's going to get your attention, not as far as what's going to tell you the most information or what's the most relevant or what's, you know, the priorities are, what's going to make you watch for the longest, focused on that fact and then blow that up, right? So the the machine that churns out this news has less like determination and trying to give you things that are going to help you make decisions they're going to give you more things to make you watch for longer so that they have a dominant presence in your life so it's like trying to have a conversation with that person about like okay before we talk about like what information is we have to talk about where this information is sourced from and when someone believes that their source of information is pure and it is being honest then you can't have a conversation with them it's only an argument because they're saying well this is what the tv said and it's like okay my whole generation are going to back me up in saying this the tv lied to you sweetie and i'm sorry that you got brought up thinking that it's gospel and it probably was at one stage but it isn't anymore you know that's the fucking reality of this and I'm coming from a place of probably hearing between four and 10 times the amount of information that you're ever going to hear about COVID. And I still don't fucking know. And that's why I've made my decision the way I have whatever we were talking about. It's not important. We're not going down that rabbit hole. What I'm saying is that generation are so fucking ready to believe shit that they read on the news, that they that's buy shit that they see in a newspaper, buy shit that they see in a magazine, because that's that they were kind of the first ones that really got bombarded with marketing and advertising. And look at how it turned out. They all own shit they don't need and heaps of it. You know, that's the whole thing. You know, the whole idea is to own property and to own your Australian dream and fill it full of shit that you don't use. You know, go get debt for it. Go get a bigger TV. This one's too small. You can't see the fucking, it's not life size. You know what I mean? Anyway, it's not the point. But the crazy part about it is, is like, obviously, as I mentioned all the time, the whole point of being a human is something to do with progression and wanting to do better. And that's why like my generation and, and everyone blower, everyone younger kind of is more like, that's just the next step. Of course, we're going to realize that the customer is the product. It's not the product anymore. It's how many customers you can sell to. And therefore, you know, we play a we play a bit of hardball. You know what I mean? Like you see an advertisement, it's not like you stop and read the advertisement. Most of the time, if you know something is an ad, you don't take it seriously. You just keep moving. You skip the ad on YouTube. If you can fast forward through the advertisements, you do. That's that's just how we respond. We're kind of like, oh yeah, no, unless the product is really kind of like, ooh, what do we got here? This is like something I'm actually interested in or whatever it might be. It makes me wonder like, well, what's the next generation? How are they going to be? How are they going to be perceiving their ads? And also the people who make ads, people who are in my position when I'm trying to market myself, make my brand and advertise my goods and my services, makes me wonder like, well, what are we going to have to do to make things that are applicable and work on this next generation of, of potential customers, you know, kind of, uh, Fuck yeah, dude. That was a tangent. I went from that old lady getting out of her car to like the effectiveness of generational advertising. Bitch, that's what my podcast is about. If this is your first podcast, that's what it's about. 
intergenerational fucking marketing strategy, boy. <laughs> oh shit. Radio. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a pin in that and leave that where it is. Talking about put a pin, putting a pin in things. I know I know I keep saying this shit about you know like prayer and manifestation and you see it in your mind and then it happens. But your boy has got all these interesting ideas that I've been getting on pieces of paper. And I was like, oh, I've got three whiteboards. I don't have a corkboard. You know what I need is a corkboard. All good. Mosey's on into salvos at the door. $3 corkboard. Got a corkboard. Got a shelf. I got a corkboard. I got this fucking, this place that Black Ink is now existing in that's now allowing all this expansion to happen. It's like the timing of everything is kind of blowing my mind because in one way, I, I've asked for all of this and now that it's kind of happening just in perfect motion and I, you know, I, it's crazy because I don't want to jinx it by talking about it, but at the same time, I want to talk about it because I have so much confidence in it because it's just happening, you know, and I feel like even if things, even if things do change a bit and I have to be flexible on my path, I still have that, like everything is happening in such a nice, like kind of notion that I'm, I'm confident to go like, of course, I didn't get the house until now, you know, and of course, I didn't find out about this way of doing my own processing and developing my own garments until until now. And of course, I didn't get this crazy offer for this particular piece of equipment rah, rah, until I sold my caravan and so on. So it's just like, I'm finding now that like, the more I just have faith that whatever I'm doing is heading in the right direction, and I just do the damn work, whatever the job is in front of me, just doing it. I spoke about this the other day, you know, like whatever that job is, no matter how small it is, just get it out of the way and do it to the best of your ability. Because as soon as it's done, you'll know the next one. I I purely rely on that, and I've also, you know, this is not a bragging thing. This is just like a stating thing for the record, I guess, that my my business has been cash the whole way. I've only ever done what I can afford to do on that day. And if I had to wait another day or another two days or three days to make it happen, I did that. You know, like I've, I've like kept myself above water and not got myself in a position where it's like, right, I've got all the shit. I'm not going to start making money for a year and a half, but we'll hold on till then, you know? And also nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all wrong with that. If you've done that, fuck man. It's half the fucking journey, isn't it? You know what I mean? Paying off a... I, that's how my original business started was having was that's how black ink started was borrowing the money to buy the coffee van to do the thing and i just uh yeah i guess that the reason why i say that or the way that, that the reason that i talk about it being a, a cash business up front is because i've always found that that when you have any sort of debt hanging over your head any sort of official debt that's what you think. That's what you, that's what you wake up thinking about. Like there's nothing else going on except paying off that debt. And I, I guess some people, most people, all people in debt probably have this, the ability to just put it out of their mind. But I can't help but feel guilty with everything that I spend while I've got debt that I'm not paying back the debt that I have rather than paying the person that I owe money to. You know, like, and whether that be um, my mum or whether that be the bank and or anyone in between, you know, whether it be a friend or a family member or a fucking loan shark, whatever it is, like, who are you to buy a sausage roll and sauce if you owe that motherfucker $12,000? Oh, yeah, well, $4 doesn't make a difference. Sure, it doesn't make a difference. But if you have like 100 sausage rolls, which isn't, you know, outside of my bloody scope of eating within a year, that's $400. That's actually like a good fraction of that $12,000. So what are you doing now with that fucking put the snag roll down. You know what I'm saying? But I guess most people just don't operate like that. I guess people just kind of, I don't know. 
I don't know. I actually think that most people, when I when I assess that in my mind, like I look at what the general way of living is and, and like the general way of borrowing and, and like kind of financing your life, I believe that a lot of people just silence the thought. I believe that a lot of people rely on um, whether it be mental or physical kind of crutches to lean on when considering these things in their life. I feel like a lot of people just go like, Ah, uh, you know, everyone's got debt. It is what it is. You know, we've got this fucking 150-year plan and it's all going to, you know, work out in the long run. And if I want a new car, I'll just refinance my house and all the rest. I think people are just negligent to the fact that it's going on. They continue living. They continue with their, you know, pissing contests into the wind with fucking whoever they work with as far as like buying shit they don't need. I true, truthfully believe that. But I also know that from personal experience that when it comes to having debt and not having debt, I would much rather have no debt and nothing to my name and struggle hand to mouth than have lavish things that I really can't afford that I had to put myself into debt and to, to get. And most importantly, that they're not really assets. They're not going to help me in the long run. It's like, if you've got a nice car, like if you're in the situation where like, if you've got like, say a $30,000 car, a $40,000 car and nothing to your name and like, you're like you're thinking that oh yeah but i've got a nice car like that's only for you if that brings you enough emotional happiness that you can justify that means then that's all good but the reality is like that car's not worth forty thousand dollars if that's what you paid for it that car's only going to lose value every day that you have it every kilometer that you put on it you know what i mean like you have to assume that's not going to do you any good so people in that situation it's like dude start a business forty thousand dollars drive a fucking hyundai xl and start a business like if you're that passionate about having cool shit you're better off working for a couple years and getting cool shit than than pretending to have cool shit you know and this is all the this is one of the biggest decisions that you make as a consumer is are you going to be a sucker to instant gratification because that's essentially what business is i've mentioned this before all business is, is figuring out in your niche or in your sector how you can best provide instant gratification to your customer. The more efficient, more efficiently you can provide your service or, or product to your customer, the more money you're going to make. You know, it's like adding afterpay to my, to my webpage so people don't even have to pay for it right now and they can still have something within three clicks off my fucking Instagram page. Of course, they're more likely to buy it. You've made it more efficient. And it's like, this is the same reason that why people who say like, oh yeah, just fucking... Just got these new tops in, like DM if you want to cop one. It's like, bro, understand that DMing you to like, oh, what's your size? Where am I shipping it to? Oh yeah, PayPal me or direct deposit. It's not efficient enough. You know what I mean? Like the more efficient, the more like seamless you can make the whole process, the better off your business is, you know? Fuck, I don't even, I, I've gone off the track again, man. This is ridiculous. I'm going to have to sign this shit out. I hope I've hit 45 minutes. If I haven't, I'm sorry. I'm a bloody shambles today. I would re-record this, but I'm I'm busy from like 20 minutes from now until fucking 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. So this was my one and only option. And it was, honestly, I almost want to leave it in because I like, I sat here and I just fucking stared off. This is when I forgot what was going on at the 25 minute mark or 24 minutes. I sat here and I stared off and it got to a point and then I heard that creaking of the, oh yeah, heard the creaking, started talking about the bloody house being haunted and having heaps of character and then realized it's the new toasting machine and felt like a fucking idiot. So look, it took a minute, but we got here. If you're, oh, now I can't stop burping. Right here, I'm going to sign out because this is getting ridiculous. Don't forget, be good to your mum, like, comment, subscribe, follow me on everything, reach out, tell me what your thoughts are about the podcast. I would love to hear from you. And, uh, I guess that's it, motherfucker. I'm out. You!